Welcome to the INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. The Infusion Nurses Society is recognized as the global authority in infusion therapy and is devoted to setting the standard for infusion care. I'm Dawn Berendt, your podcast host and the Clinical Education and Publications Manager for INS. Each year we celebrate IV Nurse Day on January 25th, and this podcast is dedicated to infusion nurses across the globe. INS thanks you for your dedication and professionalism. When we were at the INS 2021 National Conference in Las Vegas a few months ago, I had the opportunity to interview two infusion nurses who are remarkable in their work, in their enthusiasm, and especially in how they care for their patients. You might hear some music and noise in the background of this recording. The energy in the room was phenomenal, and yet these two nurses took several minutes to pause and tell me about their practice. Their stories are real, the script is unpolished, and this unrehearsed interview poignantly tells the story of infusion nurses, the work they do, and the passion they have for their profession and for their patients. So without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to Anna Lynn and Shirley. Hello and welcome to the INS Infusion Room. Today in the studio I have with me Shirley and Anna Lynn and they are both attending INS 2021 in Las Vegas. Thank you for both being my guests today. You're Thank you welcome. for having Thank us. You. Anna Lynn, I'm going to start with you. Tell me about who you are in your practice, what populations you work with. Um, so um, I'm Anna Lynn. I'm a CRNI, and I also have my VABC. I work at two different facilities. I work at uh, Marshall Medical um, in Placerville. It's about a 118-bed hospital. And then I work at Sutter-Roseville, and that is um, about 400-bed hospital. And I am a vascular access nurse as well as um, an infusion nurse. Shirley, tell me about you and your practice. Hi, I'm Shirley Rodriguez. I also work at Sutter Roseville in the infusion center outpatient, and it's an oncology, um, it's a cancer center. So we also, we do oncology, but we do a lot of other things. So it's anyone who needs any medication in an IV form in their outpatient, not hospitalized, they come to us as an outpatient and we infuse them with chemotherapy, with blood, with hydration, with um, medications for me- metabolic issues. This, whatever reason that they need IV therapy. I'm an infusion nurse. I've been there for eight years, and I've been a nurse for 23 years. But I became an oncology nurse eight years ago, um, and I wouldn't be anywhere else. I, I love it. The population that we work with are a lot of uh, cancer patients. Is I would say about 60% cancer, 40% other. So we deal with a large population of patients who are palliative or end of life or things that are going to be um, curative and also those that are not. We don't do um, kids. We do 16 and above. And so I love the population of people that we work with. And it's a very good environment. I love my staff and I'm happy to be there. Shirley, I 
just can't imagine how busy you are on a day-to-day basis. Yes. So how many patients do you think your organization sees on the schedule in one day? In a schedule in one day where I work, we see over 100 patients a day. Wow. And it's a 10-hour shift. It's 365 days a week. Um, a year, sorry. It only feels like 365 we, we days cl- a week. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> not a week, a year. We don't close, so we have the hospital hours. So we're not in the hospital. It's a separate building. It's outpatient building, but we don't close. So we, we're, we're there Christmas, we're there New Year, we're there every day, Thanksgiving, Easter. We all rotate on who works holiday. It is a very busy schedule. Each nurse sees about nine or 10 patients a day. We get a patient every hour on the hour. At times, we're dealing with four to five patients at once. Um, It's a very challenging situation at times. But with the teamwork, we get it done. And and people always say, well, when do you close? Well, we close when the last patient is done. Yes, Someone has a reaction. We have to stay over. We have to take care of the patient. That's when we go home. It's a lot of sacrifice. We do have to commute. I commute almost hour to work and our home. So it's about a 12 hour day for me, but I do it. So strong work. Yeah. Strong work. Annalie, tell me about the volume of patients that you see in your two settings. Well, I work with Shirley, so it's the same volume. It's same it's, volume. Um, usually a hundred patients or more a day, up, sometimes up to 120 a day. And the same thing we, you know, we do have a couple of different ro- uh, roles there. Um, one is a quick chair role that we do have there as well. And the quick chair role is where we see a patient every half hour and we give them injections or access ports yes. or um, to get lab draws or do uh, vascular access flushes on those patients. So there is a couple of different roles that we do there, but we see, you know, if you're in the quick chair, you usually see about 16 patients. And like Shirley said, it's usually about nine to 10, nine patients, eight to nine patients. We're doing the um, infusion area. Have you had any clinical practice challenges recently that you wish you had a solution for, a better solution? One would be two, what, two days ago, I think the state, they just mandated that we no longer can allow patients to have a family member come into the into the center with them anymore. They yeah. have to show proof of vaccination. So that was a change that just happened this week at our at our facility. And so a patient was there. He's an elderly gentleman who his wife is a caregiver. She was not allowed to come in to help with the situation, and he almost suffered a fall. Tried to get up. We're one on. We don't. Ha- we can't do one on one nursing. It it would. We have four or five other patients that are abusing. Yes. So the challenge was this patient tried to get up. He voided. And he was getting chemo. Ended up having to be a chemo, like a spill. We were trying to contain it. It was a, it was a, if his wife would have been able to come in due to COVID restrictions and things like that, which we have to state mandate, which we right. understand. Right. But because that was a challenge for us. Um, the urine. The spill, urine spill and spill. trying to clean. The urinal. That up. So we... There's some exceptions to the rules that we wish there was exceptions to the rules because of the fact that if she was there, then she would have been able to tend to, you know, her husband and we wouldn't have to have that challenge as a team to try to avoid that. For him, it seemed like a patient safety it was, uh, issue. Yes. And I, I can't imagine what it's been like for patients to be on their own, right. you and, know, in so many ways when they do have health care situations or when they seek 
healthcare or surgery, and they're there by themselves. And there is a cost, and there, you know, as you're saying, you've got four patients, and you're doing the best that you can for each patient. And that situation was hard for him, and it was hard on everyone else in the center who was working just like you to try and make everything go well. Any other clinical challenges that you'd like to share? Well, just inpatient in the hospital wise, I would say related to COVID and the gowning and the PPE, the putting on, taking off of PPE and just going into patients' rooms and things um, yeah. like that. It's just very been very challenging. And then just also seeing the patients again, not having their loved ones being in there and whatnot. So that has been, um, you know, a big challenge. Some patients are in there for several weeks, for, you know, 14 days or even months, and, and they don't get to see their family members, you know, during COVID. And so it's very hard. Those patients go without any human touch or feel. And it's like sometimes as a caregiver, we don't realize, like, we get to go home every day to our families, and they don't have anybody touching them or, you know, hugging them or giving them any feeling like that because it's almost like a boundary for us, right? Being professional. It's like almost like you don't want to be unprofessional, but that's like what they need is like human touch and and caring in that sense. So So I have one last question for the two of you. Think about a time where you've had a good story, either a clinician exchange where you've helped one another or where you have a positive patient story because of your work as an infusion nurse? All the time. All the time. I'd say all the time, huh? Surely. At the outpatient infusion center, patients are very happy. I mean, these patients, the chemo patients, they're so special. Like the patients that have cancer that come in, they're like so grateful and so happy that you're there to help them. They're just, they come in with the most positive attitudes and just like to, I mean, to get the help. It's, it's incredible. Like the families and just helping them. And when they get to go home and they recover and they have like another PET scan and it's clear, it's just, and it's a constant, like you're seeing the same patient over and over. So you just develop this, you know, relationship with them. And it, and so I, I had to say like, out of my entire career, I have to say that the cancer patients are probably like just so thankful and just positive and it's a very yes. fulfilling. Do you have anything, Shirley? Well, there's been many opportunities to be able to experience the gratitude that they bring back to the infusion center. But there are certain patients that we've seen. I've seen this one specific patient this week, actually. She's been with us for... I've been there eight years, so I've, I've known her since I've started, and she is getting close to the end of, of, of her life, and we've kind of seen her through all of her stages, and she came in two, yeah, two days ago, and for her, I came in, someone called and asked me to, to do a check, because we, when we type and cross for a blood transfusion, another nurse has to come and, and check to make sure that's the right patient, and everything's checked and balanced, so they... I had no idea she was there. I, all, I, all I heard, I got a call. Shirley, can you come check my, 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 tri- my type across? So I said, yeah, I'll be there. I was a float nurse that day. So I went and she, this young, this lady, I hadn't seen her in months because she's been slowing down and, and she hasn't been coming as often got because it. she's getting tired. She's almost, she's 70, I think, in her, between her 70s and 80s. And so I, I, when I pulled the curtain back to see who it was, 
And I said, oh, you know. And you said her name. Yeah, we so and so. Oh, my goodness. I did not know. Of course, I would have ran in here to know if it was you. Of course, I'll check your band. And she looked at me and she saw me. And she says, Shirley. Oh, my goodness, Shirley. So good to see you. And we, I said, I'll be back in two seconds. I, che- I did my check and I came back. And I saw and I noticed that she probably won't be with us much longer. But I, I, I moved my schedule out of the way. I went and just sat next to her, held her hand, and we just talked. I wanted to see how she was doing because I really feel I was not going to see her much longer. So I spent five minutes with her. We talked. She leaned on my shoulder and she asked me to pray for her. And because she asked me to, I did that. We prayed. She says, you have an ambassador in heaven who's hearing your prayer. And I feel that right now. And I said, you know what? And so do you. And you know what? I want you to go home today in peace. I want you to do what you need to do. But God loves you. And so do I. And I just pray peace over your body. And she received that. And she hugged me. And she did not want to let go. And she left that. She left there. And I felt in my spirit that might be my last time I see her. But that the joy that I had, that I got to spend that last time with her. Now, who knows? I don't have the, t- the day and the, the time or the season. I don't know when she's leaving here, but I know it's not going to be long because I've seen her over time. I've seen where she's, where she's come from and where she is now. But that right there is the most rewarding. I get goosebumps right now thinking about it because she was so grateful for me just taking that time. And I felt like she was able to just let go at that point. And I'm blessed. And I said, I'm blessed to be a part of you. That's why I'm a nurse. That's why I do what I do, and it's very, very rewarding. So I just need to share that. Oh, what a wonderful story, and what a wonderful way to close this conversation. Thank you, Shirley, for sharing that. Thank you, Anna Lee. Thank you for the work that you do, and thank you for pursuing infusion nursing. You're working at your clinical best and for the opportunity to share a story just like what you just did. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This concludes this episode of INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. We welcome your comments. You can reach us at infusionroom at ins1.org. That's infusionroom at ins1.org. Thank you for listening.